Hello and a very warm welcome to the State of Our Nation, a podcast by Access Social Care. We will all need social care at some point in our lives and at Access Social Care, our aim is to ensure that people get the support they have a right to. So listen along to find out more about the state of our nation as we discuss the challenges facing millions of people in need of social care across the country. This month, we're going to be talking about overseas recruitment in the social care sector. And this is a particularly pertinent topic at the moment. The New Conservatives, a group of Conservative MPs formed earlier this year, are putting significant pressure on the Prime Minister to reduce immigration to the UK. One of the things they're proposing is huge cuts to the number of health and social care workers we employ from overseas. So currently, health and social care staff are eligible to come and work in the UK under the health and care worker visa, but the new Conservatives are calling for this scheme to be closed. MP Miriam Cates, one of the co-founders of the New Conservatives, said this would reduce the number of care workers coming to Britain by about 100,000. Now, this is coming at a time when the social care workforce is already critically low. There are 165,000 unfilled vacancies in the sector. Now, we're really pleased to welcome Cecilia Anim onto the podcast former president of the Royal College of Nursing and proud member of the Ghanaian diaspora, Cecilia has a strong personal connection to social care and firm views on overseas recruitment, having moved to the UK from Ghana upon completion of her midwifery training in the 1970s. So Cecilia, thank you so much for joining us and a very warm welcome to the State of Our Nation podcast. Thank you very much, Carrie. I'm very happy to be here to make as much contribution as possible as we move forward to see practical changes in social care. Thank you. Cecilia, could you tell us first of all about your connection to social care and why it matters to you? Social care matters to me on two fronts. Number one is I have got a child with learning disability, aged 38 years, still living with us and you can see aspects of even trying to get respite care for her is sometimes problematic because of lack of uh, vacancies in homes because there are not many to go around secondly as we are all living longer i may need social care in, in some aspects of my life so if we don't make it work better now it may affect us when we need those services. There are challenges facing social care at the moment due to uh, lack of investment in social care. And also families, I get a lot of contacts with families who are in the same situation like I am with Ruth. And so um, I have to fight to make sure that we get the best for the most vulnerable in our society. And we saw a lot happening during COVID the, the messages we got on our television programs about all the issues that were happening in social care. And I think we need to get ourselves more prepared for the next pandemic. I hope not, but we should be ready for any eventuality. Thank you, Cecilia. Really clear message there. We will all need social care at some yeah. point, won't we? Either for ourselves or for a loved one. Um, and we have to get this right. It 
it really matters. So thank you. Um, so tell me, you, you've got experience of coming to the UK to work. I'm really curious to hear more about your reflections on how we get overseas recruitment right. When I was coming to the UK, I came through what you call the official route through the scholarship secretariat. So therefore, you, you were getting a lot of support. You know where you were going. When I entered my nursing training, I had accommodation, I had everything. So I am not facing, I did not face what the current overseas recruitment are facing. And one of the most important things that we are lacking is the value of social care uh, services. We value the staff in social care. We think it's some form of a Cinderella service. Now, looking after an older person or somebody with a learning disability or mental health requires expert skills, innovation, compassion, and kindness that we'll do in most acute hospitals. So there is lack of value, that is to begin with. And one of the things happening at the moment is the health surcharge for overseas uh, uh, nurses coming into. And it's a huge burden, especially if your family's with you. And also we need a friendly, family-friendly recruitment services now. And we need to streamline it through a couple of agencies. It could be regional agencies doing it so that you know where the nurses are going, their state of health and well-being. And I think CQC should try and put how do you look after your overseas recruitment as part of ins inspection bullet points? How are you looking after your staff? And, and take that overseas recruitment because they are suffering. Some of them have no housing. They are you know, having temporary accommodation. Some came with their families. And also there has to be a fair pay for overseas recruitment. Why should we live in a country where if I'm trained here, I get a different uh, staff grade and, and pay, and someone working in social care coming from overseas is putting another thing. It, we are all looking after patients. So we need to value and respect what they do. It is very important and treat them well. Because I used to say, happy carers make happy patients. There you go. Yeah, strong message. So, so proper pay, value, proper support and, and yes. a role there for the regulator as well, yes. um, Cecilia. Um, really, really interesting. Um, and, and when it comes to that, um, that point then about the regulator, I suppose um, what is concerning is that I've spoken to many social care providers who are already raising concerns that they are aware that exploitation of international workers is already happening in this country. So what steps does the government need to take, Cecilia, to offer more protection to people coming to work in social care from overseas? You streamline the recruitment. And when they come in, you actually make the safety of these workers paramount in anything that we do. And also, one thing we must also do is once they are recruited, we need to put them on a trip. They are in a different environment. The culture where they came from and the culture here is different. So we don't throw them at the deep end with two weeks of computer, watch it and take the boxes and send now your own go to the world. We need to give them a proper induction 
with support. They need to have mentoring in the place that they work. They have to have access to training and development, continuous training and development as part of their contract, as part of the contract that you train them well so that they can give effective patient care, safe patient care, safe staffing is what we are looking for. And they need that supervision in the workplace. And one thing is, if they step out of line, please don't throw them straight to the NMC. Look at which part you play in that failure. Has the nurse had enough induction? Has the nurse had supervision? What have you done? You know, because we quickly throw them back to the NMC. And also the visa payment is actually very difficult for some of them. And some of them may need to borrow money to be able to come here. So why don't we give them some form of scholarship? Come in three years, train, help us to recruit, uh, help us with our um, nursing workforce, and then you can go back. There needs to be a gratitude, really, doesn't there? Because we've got people coming to help us in our society. But also that that's a really clear message there, Cecilia, around offering the proper support and recognising that people are coming a long way from home, away from the the culture and their family values, and um, which could be really different um, in their home country compared to here in the UK and making sure that people have that proper support feels really, really important. Whilst they are here, away from their own countries, from their families, we need to nurture them. We need to support them. Some of them are very lonely, living maybe in a, in a bed seat somewhere and coming to work. And on top of that, they have to pay this NHS health surcharge. I mean, is that is that a right way to treat people? When people are coming such a long way to help us. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So Cecilia, I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on the new Conservatives proposal. What do you think will happen if the government does reduce the number of care workers coming from overseas in this way? Well, everyone listening know the impact that overseas workers contribute to the healthcare culture, especially in social care settings. And as I mentioned before, COVID showed us where the gaps are. So they are proposing that you train people, British people to do this work so that we don't uh, recruit overseas nurses or carers. But that cannot happen overnight. And you need the recruitment resources to be able to train and equip them to work in the social care sector. Also, we already have a limited amount of people working in social care at the moment. And also care, uh, care home providers are also aware of this shortage. What, what the minister was saying is that if we train our own, then we wouldn't be, we, we, we train our own, they will have better services, they will have better pay and everything else, so that the uh, recruiting agencies won't bring these uh, nurses or people here so that they can pay them below rate and other things. But what we need to do is to make sure that there is a regulation or protocol to say the minimum pay level plus all the requirements that the nurses in the NHS enjoy in social care. 
So the recruitment and retention is very important. But where are you going to get all these almost 100,000 people to train? Who is going to train them? At the moment, we are very shortage of staff in care home. Who is going to pay for it? Are the universities ready to add this onto the registered nurses' uh, tuition fee? Are we going to give them bursary or are we going to accept to take a loan on top of all the other expenses they need to? Uh, we also have the uh, domiciliary. If we don't have vacancies in care home, domiciliary care is only for people who can pay. So what the government should actually be doing is let's resource this area of care with proper investment through taxation for those who are able to pay so that we support the most vulnerable in our society, not the closer door to recruitment from overseas. So, so part of the incentive for that new conservative proposal is, um, is, is to make care work a more attractive career for British people. And MP Miriam Kate said that at the moment, there's no incentive for employers to raise wages and improve conditions for staff because they have this easier alternative of bringing staff in from overseas. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, what, I'm really interested to know what your thoughts are on that, Cecilia. Because one thing I want to know is most of these MPs may not be relying on social care for either members of their families or they haven't had an experience like I have had with my daughter. So therefore, okay, it's okay to train people in Britain, but have we got the resources? Have we got people queuing up to be trained? Because at the moment it's not attractive, even for people trained here. It's not attractive. We've been fighting for parity of esteem with the NHS workers, and we haven't got there yet. That's a, that's a really good point. And, and I suppose yeah. I would add to that that we know um, at Access Social Care, we're a membership organisation. So social yeah. care providing organisations pay a membership fee to work with us. And, and we know from our members that they are really struggling to pay higher wages because those packages of support are often funded by local authorities and local authorities have no further way to make any more money to be able to pay more for social care at the moment. So they've, they've raised our council taxes. They're, they're trying to bring in money through business rates, but actually the central government grant is not enough to meet unmet needs. So the Health Foundation has... Um, highlighted that there are billions of pounds worth of gaps each year. So between eight and 14 billion at the last count of, wow. a, of an annual gap in funding for social care. And as a result, many people have unmet needs, but also it's very difficult for employers to raise wages when the funding's not there for, for people that are, that are funded through the public system. So unless we have a proper regulation to regulate social care staff would improve training and development so that they have some form of a career pathway because it's not a dead end to nursing. You can develop there. Even if you went in as a healthcare support worker, within some time, you can develop through all the nursing apprenticeship and other things to improve your skills and expertise in that area of care, because it is valuable to have people who are happy in their job. But one thing is, unless the government 
put money, investing in people, investing in services. Don't tell social uh, local council to increase council tax in order to improve social care. That will not work. They, it has to come from the treasury because it is a valuable service. All these people in uh, home, especially the elderly, are citizens who have worked and paid their taxes over the years, and they deserve a better care, as well as people with learning disability or mental health or long-term chronic illnesses, those in social care, needs proper care, respect, and value because they pay their taxes over the years. Strong message there, but both the Conservatives and the Labour Party, I think, um, whoever um, takes this matter forwards. Um, so, Cecilia, when I have guests come on to the podcast, the last question that I ask is always the same. Um, mm -hmm. What one thing do you think could change the state of our nation when it comes to social care? Well, I've got three lines, but they are both strong messages. I think clapping for carers should not replace by proper respect for the outstanding work carers do. Note that campaigning showcasing what social care workers do will be a point where we can increase their value. And I think there'll also be societal change in the way we look at social care in its entirety. We think it's a place full of old people, you know, uh, with other chronic conditions or whatever, they need support. And we need a value-driven approach by the public and the government services so that it is paid for properly through taxation and regimes that affect people who are able to pay a little bit more. A government that value the work done by those in the public sector and in the world of care prepared to raise taxes from those able to pay more. So we need government approach to respect and value the work. We need societal approach into public health services and what they do. Because I think there is a, a, some, not a vision, but thinking that if we work in the public health sector, you're different to somebody working in the private care sector. We are all delivering services that people need and we re require the respect and the value that is placed. And the government and society, we need to step back and say, what can we do to improve these services? To make it worthwhile so that a young child coming out of school or university will say, I will go into social care because I'm going to develop into a clinical specialist in this area of care. Make it attractive for them. It's not always about the money. It's about the value and the recognition. So much there about how we, we need to value this workforce that look after our loved ones, um, but also that really, you know, we need to look at the career pathway so that young people see yes. social care as being an attractive yes. um, sector to work in, where they can progress and be valued yes. for that exceptional work that they do. Um, and, and really interesting point there around not being divisive. Let's not divide the sector between yes. publicly funded and 
privately funded. Everybody is doing exceptional work to help people in the most difficult of times. Yes, and when I said three words and I, I made so many sentences. So I want before <laughs> we close down, my three words are invest, respect, with recognition and value. Excellent. Thank you so much for your insight and expertise today, Cecilia. Um, let's hope that decision makers across the political spectrum were listening today um, to the important things that you've had to say around workforce, around overseas recruitment and retention of, of care workers. Thank you for, for joining State of Our Nation podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening in to this month's episode of the State of Our Nation. At a time when the third sector continues to struggle in the face of economic uncertainty, your support has never meant more. For more information about Access Social Care and the work we are doing to provide free legal advice and information for people with social care needs, please go to www.accesscharity.org.uk and follow us on Twitter at Access Charity One.